Welcome to another episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast. I'm Matt Brainerd, Executive Director and Founder of Look Ahead America. This podcast is produced by Look Ahead America, and I'm here with my guest, Mickey Whithoff. Now, you may not recognize her name, but I'm sure you would recognize her daughter's name, Ashley Babbitt, one of the individuals killed, I would say murdered, by Capitol Police on January 6, 2021, following peaceful protest at the U.S. Capitol. Miss Mickey, welcome to our program. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Now, I, I want to just ask you a little bit about how uh, life has gone on since that tragic day and uh, how, how you've tried to find meaning um, in the tragic and unfortunate uh, death of, of your daughter. Well, I have to face the fact that life will never be the same. Christmas will never be the same. And, you know, move ahead accordingly. So um, I have heard myself say in my head a thousand times, out loud a hundred times, that if Ashley were alive, she'd be on the steps of the jail. So right now I have been blessed to be um, supported by people who have made that possible for me. So I'm out. Um, actually, I say not the steps of the jail, though I'm, we're around back where our, where our people can see us. And we go to join them in the national anthem every night. We show up at seven and then we sing with them and they flash their lights to let us know that they know we're out there. And um, it's a small group of very powerful, very heartfelt people out there with me right now. So I would just like to take a moment to invite anybody that would like to join us to come stand with us any portion of from now to the end of the month. We're there from seven to nine thirty. So the, the outside of the prison was actually where we first met uh, when Look Ahead led our protest outside the uh, outside the prison, holding a, a vigil, candlelight vigil, on the anniversary of the one year anniversary of January sixth, and that's that's when we met you there. Yeah. Uh, have what can you share with us about the conditions inside the prison? Presently, um, I know that they are still very isolated that they are treated horribly by some of the guards and, and some, some our guards are actually showing some human compassion towards them. But, you know, a lot of times guards are mean. Some of our people have been beat. They still don't have access to law libraries or their families. And a lot of them are still in pretrial detention. So, you know, that that's why I'm there to draw attention to the fact that everybody in the United States of America has a constitutional right to a speedy trial. And these men, some of them being held as much as 580 days in pretrial detention. So they're, they've not had speedy trials and oftentimes not adequate lawyers. And in my opinion, they face very prejudicial and very, um, very right, uh, left-meaning judges that come in there with already preconceived notions. So And juries, you know, exactly. right? And well, the ones that have been lucky enough to go to trial, I, I have not actually sat in on a jury trial, but I did go to a sentence. I went to Kai Reffitt sentence hearing with Judge Dabney um, Friedrich, and she said things like, you know, every everyone, every every rioter there was the antithesis. I'm paraphrasing, but it was close. Every rioter there was the antithesis of a patriot. The only patriots there that day were the Capitol Police, and I would suggest that if you want to look at some video evidence, you can see that that's not true. Um, the Capitol Police incited violence. They murdered four people. They beat several people. And now our people have been unjustly jailed and, and the keys thrown away. And the January 6th committee hearing that has been nothing but a show trial, 
has tainted the American jury polls because at, at, until recently we we felt that it was un, impossible for these men to get a fair trial in D.C. But now, you know, the January 6th committee hearing has gone into every home in this in this country, and I believe tainted the jury poll of the entire American population. That's that's startling to hear and true. I mean, I can attest to that. There's no doubt that it's very difficult for any of these individuals to get a free uh, a fair trial. But beyond that, 580 days of pretrial detention. How how do they even try to just how do they even try to justify that? I don't know. I don't know. And it's also you know I'm not here to decide who was naughty and who was nice. I'm here to say these men are entitled to American rights that should be guaranteed to every single person. And if they're not guaranteed to every single person, they're guaranteed to no single person. So people need to realize that it could possibly be them next. Oh yes, absolutely. These patriots are by far the canary in the coal mine because. You know that this Department of Justice, this FBI, wants to do to every one of us what they've done to these people who took a peaceful walk around a public building for 10 minutes. They want your life destroyed. They want you fired. They want you broke. They want your family broken. They want you isolated. They want to push you to suicide, which has already happened for two of these individuals who, I'm sorry, three people, three Three people people now. Mm -hmm. We've had another one. So, Tell us about that if, if you have the latest, because the last I heard was uh, to, I had Matt Perno, a, a more recent one, but please uh, educate us. Well, I have I have um, Matthew Perno, of course, is the one we've heard about. Um, the, the first one was Christopher Georgia and now a man named Mark Angst. That's right. I, I Mark uh, Georgia was the first one. Yes, we yeah. actually discussed him on this podcast. I'm sorry. F- yeah. Forgive me for, for that. But yes, three of them now. And. Uh, you know, even though the people, many of these are still alive, they're in many ways spiritually and psychologically dead because of this experience. Yes, they've been cut off from everybody, but you know that they do, um, as as a unit, as a group, they, they most of them have each other and they do sing the national anthem at nine o'clock every night and we're going to be there to join them. So like I said, anybody that wants to join us as well, that, that'd be wonderful. And also, you know, I know Ashley is probably... As, as even though a lot of people still don't know who she is, she's probably the most high-profile death of that day because they couldn't hide it on live TV. But what people don't know is the Capitol Police murdered four unarmed American citizens that day. Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Borson, Kevin Greason, and Benjamin Phillips. And, and it's my opinion that they were largely responsible for Brian Signick's death. Officer Signage, because in sticking with the theme of the day, they they did not render aid to him as they should have. And Ashley had a possible possibly survivable wound if she would have been rendered aid. She was not. And poor Roseanne Boylan, I think they killed her twice. The things that they did to her were just unmentionable. And that's on film. It's on film. It's not just accusations. It's not just conspiracy theory. There is footage of Metropolitan Police Officer Leela Morris beating Roseanne Boylan's lifeless body on the ground. And I, I've seen that footage. You mentioned two other names. I think I know who you're talking about, but why don't you let our audience know? Well, Kevin Greeson, they said that he died of a heart attack, that he was hit with munitions, with the with the um, grenades that they launched over the agitating protesters, which, you know, we need to find out who those people were because the same 20 people keep showing up in the, in the same footage. 
but they launched munitions over with him and uh, into, into a peaceful stuff. crowd. And we have video into of that, a like crowd. flashbang grenades, yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. into a peaceful crowd, well, which uh, I'm pretty sure that counts as a war crime per the Geneva Convention, which the U.S. is a signatory to. Absolutely. And the way these men are being treated as well, because, you know, some of our men, um, Brian Stansel, I believe, was had his hands zip tied behind his back and some of the guards beat him until they 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 blinded him, popped his eye out of his socket. And, and I, I just um, it's just unimaginable to me that these things are going on in the United States of America. To, to, it, just, it boggles my mind. And a year and a half ago, you probably would have had to, to convince me that the FBI was culpable. But now I believe there were so many bad actors there and, and that the, the day was so complicated and so orchestrated. But um, if you watch the Epoch Times Truth about uh, January 6th, that has some amazing information in it. Um, David Summerall and his crew at Stop Hate have put out some, some uh, one is writing history. It was the first article I read that names all the deaths or most, yeah, I'm not sure if that one names all five. That might have come later. I'm not sure how aware we are, but writing history is a powerful article. And then um, their new movie called Bloody Hill, that's, that's um, the name kind of says it all, and it lays out the deaths of the day. Do you think that there's any hope for justice? I absolutely do. Because I have to believe that. I have to believe that my daughter, my, my daughter was such a vibrant person that I have to believe her, her horrible public murder will someday serve some purpose. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That and the fact that I absolutely cannot rest with, with the knowledge, knowing that they, they not only did they kill my daughter, but my daughter dedicated her youth to this country. She was, she was committed to the Air Force by 17 years old, gone to um, basic training by 18 in Alaska, and then off to, to serve four tours of duty in the Middle East, where she was injured on her, on her 21st birthday. She suffered a concussive injury, and um, she was airlifted to Germany. And they did save her life, but her, her womb was torn and she was left unable to have children. And then ultimately they took her life and then denied her rendering of honor. So this country has shit on her so many ways. And I just, that's what gets me up in the morning because I, I need to have some sort of justice for my daughter. Michael Bird was never even properly investigated. You know, he didn't even get an interview with anybody besides 10 months later, Lester Holt, when he decided to say who he was. I don't know why he's so protected. They didn't even say his name for, what, 10 months afterwards? Yeah. You know, you said something, though, that's new to me. Your daughter was denied the opportunity to be buried with honors. Absolutely. That happened in February. She was denied on the basis of the fact that she was at the Capitol, keeping in mind she's never even posthumously been charged with the crime. Well, I feel like there are many opportunities here for a change in national leadership to right some of these wrongs. If you had the opportunity to speak to a candidate running for Congress, House or Senate, what message would you give them? I would say all of them, that they need to, that they work for us and they're not representing us because I'm not the only family, by far, not the only family touched by January 6th. We have, you know, um, 30 people still sitting in the D.C. gulag. We have 20 people in Northern Neck, Virginia, and they have tentacles of family that, that reached out. I mean, if these tentacles go so far. Some of these men don't know their children. Some of these children won't know their men, when, when their, their dads when they get out of jail because they're denied contact with their family. So it's not like you get to go visit daddy. They're nothing, nothing, no contact at all. 
and um, VA is cutting off some of these people's benefits, and these ladies just don't know how to support their families or how how to go forward. So this has touched so many people, and I feel like our representatives need to get to representing us. I need them. I need somebody to stand up against this false January 6th committee hearing because it's not a hearing. They don't present present two sides of the story. They get up there and they tell their narrative and they shove it down the American people's throats. And they don't. How can you talk about January 6th without talking about Ashley Babbitt, Michael Rewardberg, Roseanne Boylan, Benjamin Phillips, Kevin Greeson, Officer Sicknick? How can you have a hearing that says many officers died that day when that's not true? And who is there to challenge this? So I would say somebody stand up, be strong, and challenge these people, do your job. That's how I feel. That's what I would say to any representative of Congress right now, with the possible exception of Marjorie Taylor Greene. So that actually kind of gets to my next question. Uh, We've identified a lot of the villains in this controversy. Are there any heroes, folks that uh, you think have uh, gone above and beyond to raise awareness and to take steps to try to deliver justice here? You mean um, political people or people just fighting a good fight? I would say, well, any anybody that you want to call out for for being there for you for for fighting the good fight. You mentioned Marjorie Taylor Greene. I agree. She's been a she's she's been a leading light. Uh, in on this issue when so many, I mean, so few, uh, to put it the other way, so few members have spoken out on an issue that is affecting countless families. And, you know, here, I'm going to segue a second here. I saw a lot of people who were, quote unquote, conservative leaders held a rally at the U.S. Capitol about uh, two weeks before Look Ahead held our rally uh, calling for justice for the January 6th political prisoners. These conservative leaders wouldn't come near our rally. Didn't mention it. These are people who run CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. Nothing, nothing at CPAC. I'll go to you in just a second, but uh, they held a rally at the U.S. Capitol. You know, this this two weeks before ours, where they put up all the barricades, protesting a lack of political freedom in Cuba. Not a word yeah. about their own oh, citizens. Yeah. So I give it to you. You yeah. preach, Miss Mickey. You preach now. Well, it's unbelievable that they can get up and say stuff like that. And then when I heard Merrick Garland talk on TV yesterday, constitutional rights, Gary, it almost made me physically ill. You know, and I, I'll talk about CPAC for a minute because I had, you know, I had gone to reawaken in Virginia Beach and poor Dave Summer off and stop hate. I was, you know, I was in a mess and I'm like, I just don't understand my, my path forward. And he told me, go home and pray on it. And when I woke up on Tuesday morning, I knew that I had to be here in D.C. Dinesh D'Souza has helped sponsor my sponsor my trip. Ned Lang has helped sponsor my trip, and some very Ned's other a great lovely. guy. I, Ned's a, a, a true patriot. His son is facing persecution as well. But I, sorry, he, I just had to interrupt and say that. But please go ahead. No, absolutely. People have made it possible for me to be here. So I really believe this is God's journey for me. And in the middle of it, I was given the opportunity to go to CPAC. And I kind of was like, do I really want to go to CPAC? But then I'm thinking, yeah, this is probably, you know, might meet some people and go, well, when I was at CPAC, Brandon Strzok, Strzok, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he was on the stage with uh, with um, Congressman Biggs, and um, he he asked how what you're doing for the Jay Sisters. And, of course, the Congressman was like, I'm doing my best, I'm doing my best. And, and, and Biggs is one of the ones that did go to the jail. He did stand up for people, and then nothing. But um, Brandon said, you know what, if you can name five people that are in jail right now behind January 6th, 
I'll, I'll write you a check for $10,000. And he had no name. And, and he also made a good point that you expect the left to behave a certain way and you expect them to say certain things, but the silence from the right has been deafening. These are people that stood up for our country. I mean, half of this country believes that it was a stolen election. Whether you believe it or not, that, that's not the point. The point is, Americans have a right to protest. You don't have to support what they were there protesting. You just have to support their right to protest. You know, and everybody's right to protest. Everybody's First Amendment rights. Everybody's constitutional rights. Everybody's human rights, for God's sake. These men are being treated worse than animals in cages. That is without a doubt the truth. And you speak it so well, and you speak it with great authority. Great authority. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, even going back to the, the CPACs that have followed, um, not to belabor, it's not like we're going to CPAC, but the conservative movement as a whole, the, profet- the Con Inc., I guess it is called. Uh, nothing on this. Nothing. And this is, to no. me, the, the t- this is the premier most important civil rights battle of our day but getting justice for your daughter getting justice for these people like jacob chansley like ned lang's son and like roseanne boylan and uh, matt perno all of them deserve justice and they're not getting it and these are our own people and you know we, we will send military across the world to destroy things and kill people over denial of rights Cuba or complain about the poor suppressed Cubans. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not against the Cubans, but you know, you have to work from within. And, um, I, and when you mentioned Jake Lang, I would, I, you know, I'm going to try to get through this without getting so emotional. I can't understand what I'm saying, but, um, Jake Lang picked up his assault on a police officer charge trying to save Roseanne Boylan's life. There was a pile of people as well as McAvee and John Mellis. And it is my position that it's every single human being's moral obligation to prevent murder in front of their eyes. And it does not matter if the perpetrator is wearing a uniform. It was public murder. And, and, and they were able to save Philip Anderson and Tommy Tatum, but they were unable to save Roseanne Boylan. But in their attempt to make a, a, a barrier and pull these people out and give them CPR, they, they pushed on some people. And like I said, it's not, I'm not saying who was naughty and who was nice, but I'm saying to me, in my heart and in my mind, these men were trying to save lives. And to me, they're heroes. God bless them. I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm, I'm glad that you're out speaking, advocating, and, and that you're at the prison. And man, you know as well as I do that the special kind of fortitude it builds in you when you hold a rally or a protest and, and very few people come. That's how it started with our protest at the Justice Department and at the FBI uh, all the way back in, I think it was May of, or April of 2021, just a few months after the incident. But I can tell you that you are having success. We've I've seen internal polling of people shared numbers with me that show that a plurality of people believe these are political prisoners. And what we really have to do is force it into an issue, force it as an issue in front of the people who are being elected. Because absolutely, you know, go ahead. That being said, we have our numbers have not been huge, but every single person there has heart. And I appreciate every single person last like um, I forget which night it was my days are kind of all, you know, humble, rumble it together. But the other night it was pouring down rain, pouring down rain. And we had 25, 30 people standing out there getting soaked, singing the national anthem, singing patriotic songs, and um, live streaming to their to their to their audience. 
and they stood in a thunderstorm, meaning every single word they were saying. So um, I'd rather have 20 of those people than 100 people there for the wrong reasons. And these are people that come out. A lot of them have been there every night with me um, since I returned from CPAC. But that also being said, because I've been here for three days. The very first day I was here, I went to Guy Reffitt's sentence hearing with his lovely family. And then we, Nicole Reffitt and her two daughters, myself and Randy Ireland from um, Citizens Against Political Persecution went to go sing the national anthem. And then it was just me and Nicole on the sidewalk while they, they called out all the guards. We were pursued down the sidewalk. One of them got so close to Nicole that it, it, it caused me to pull out my phone. So I wanted, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was going to touch her. And then when I pulled out my phone to record him being so rough with her, he came over and he assaulted me. So my next day was spent trying to um, file a complaint against him and I got the DC runaround, but we finally got it done. So I do have a complaint in against the correction facility guard. You know, it's, uh, it just never lets up there. It's like, they have no fear of pushing and pushing and pushing up against our rights and suppressing us. Because, yes, because they've been allowed to, because America hasn't set up. I see, I don't understand the lack of righteous indignation. They, they, they think that these are throwaway men because they've been allowed to treat them like throwaway men and women. They've been able to treat Ashley like she's a throwaway person, and she's not. And people are, 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 are getting set up. And like I said, my numbers aren't, or our numbers aren't, aren't maybe not are the, all that large, but every single person out there feels exactly what they're saying. And, and, and again, I have been blessed to be, um, to have people help me get here and help me support myself while I'm there. So I understand that every single person in America cannot afford to drop their day-to-day life and and come out here for the month. But if anybody could find it in themselves to come and spend two hours one night, you know, and just let these men know that they're not forgotten, that that they do deserve their day in court. And if they they did break laws, let's, let's get to assessing that. Let's get to some fair trials and hearings and, and then have them, whatever they owe society, serve that and let, let them get on with their lives. These men have lost everything. You know, I think that uh, that one of the things that's really focused attention back on this issue is the raid of Mar-a-Lago for what Absolutely. appears to be a fishing expedition justified by uh, some 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 affidavit that's under seal. So if the message it sends, I think, apart from the controversies around President Trump, and is that if they can do that to him, they can do it to any one of us, and they have with our January 6th political prisoners. What What's your reaction when you heard about that? My reaction is I'm, I'm real sorry that President Trump got hung, hung up in this, but I think that this will draw attention to the things that the, that the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ, the, and uh, Merrick Garland and his little goons are capable of. Yeah, and the, the, look, the, the legislative body, the Congress, that's where these folks are going to have to get reined in because it's not going to come from the administration. And the question is, if there's a change in leadership in the U.S. House, are they going to have the courage I know that there are some patriots that are going to likely be there. Um, you know, two two members of uh, two uh, candidates for Congress spoke at our January sixth, uh, our, our actually Capitol rally in uh, September. Uh, those being Mike Collins and Joe Kent. Both of them, it appears, are eminently heading for Congress. 
But apart from them and maybe five members of Congress who might you could easily name, um, no one really seems to, they just want this issue to go away because they want the uh, narrative of the insurrection to go away because they're getting, uh, and, and oddly enough, a lot of the ones that have done nothing on the issue have been kind of quiet, um, remain that way. Uh, so how much hope do you have in a new leadership in Congress taking this issue seriously? And, and they, you know, it's not even just investigative. They, when you take control of Congress, you have control over the Capitol Police, which means you also have the ability to release 14,000 hours of videotape. Uh, what have you heard on that front? Do you think that there's going to be any progress? Well, I have to believe there will be. And I have faith that the American people are going to start really paying attention to who they vote for because they're not just people that they, they consider extremists, but, you know, the average American person is looking around going, what happened? You know, well, we know what happened. And I think that the average voter is going to be much more careful. And I think that when we do regain power, I think that people are going to take action. I think people will be brave enough. And I think that they will um, probably, probably because Trump is now, you know, being persecuted by, by the people, because Trump has a huge following, whether you support Trump or not, he's got the power to move people like I've never seen before. He has, you know, um, the ability to, 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 get people to look at certain things a certain way that maybe you know not necessarily everybody has and he does have a huge following and there's there are already so many protests for what is happening to him and again i'm really sorry for president trump but but where's the righteous indignation for our population for the people that went there to say this is the america this is this is the united states of america we don't steal elections and like i said even if you don't believe the election was stolen you have to believe in the right to the american people to protest yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and th- that's going to be a real test in terms of whether or not uh, the Congress is serious about resolving this issue or if they just want to pretend like it never happened and go on with uh, tax cuts for corporations and more money for Ukraine. Well, and, I, and you know, a lot of them do want to forget what happened and move on. But I think that the American people are so fed up with the way things are going that I think that there's finally going to start to be some pushback. Because like I said, when I was at CPAC and Brandon was on stage, there was support. There was support from the from the conservative community in the audience. Oh, yeah. The people that were there. Yes, let our people go. So I think it's, the, it's coming a little bit more to the forefront. But, you know, like I said, these men have been in jail for 580 days. And when I decided to come to D.C. in August, I was it was suggested to me from several people that I wait until September when Congress is back in session. But Congress is not my target audience. They've had a year and a half to do absolutely nothing, and that's what they've done. So it, it, it's, it's my hope that I am able to draw some attention to the plight of these people and the fact that, you know, the, the, the guards are empowered to treat them how they do because they do feel like they're throwaway people. And they've not had a crowd of people outside the jail going, this will not stand. It absolutely will not stand. And, and I don't understand that from the American people. I do understand why people are scared to go to D.C. because of what happened, because they have a- actually, you know, silenced a movement. And people that want to get past January 6th, well, you know what? It's impossible to because, like I said before, four American citizens, four unarmed American citizens were murdered. Several were targeted and beaten. More than that were flash flashbangs. Um, and then they locked our people up and they threw away the key. That should be a big freaking deal to everybody. I, I couldn't agree more. So to wrap things up, somebody wants to go protest with you through the end of the month at the prison. Tell them what they need to know. 
They need to know we'll be there every night between 7 and 9.30. We are not at the front of the jail. We are at the back of the jail because that's the section they opened up for our people. Um, it's, it's dank, and it was it was in ill re- repair when they got there, and then there was some cleanup done after the you know people came, and, and but it's still horrible. But we are around the back of the jail. Um, we have fought really hard for our four feet of sidewalk right there because that's where we wedge down and our people can see us. And they flash the lights to let us know we're there. We stand there. We sing patriotic songs. We do not try to confiscate people. If you come, come in peace and um, bring a flag, bring a friend, and bring a bottle of water, perhaps some bug spray. That sounds fantastic. And you're very brave to be out there. It takes a lot of courage to speak out in this way. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I admire you from taking tragedy and trying to squeeze justice out of it. Because I'm not sure that the way you're going about it is the way that every, some might've just crumpled inward and disappeared and, and slowly died somewhere and never to be heard again. But you, I think you, well, let me put it this way. I think we all know where your daughter got her fire from. And we're very grateful that you're able to share it with us and to continue to inspire us with your courage. Well, thank you. I'm not so sure it's courage, but I, you know, I'll take what I get, Matt. I'll take what I get. But, um, you know, I, I, I just try to conduct myself in a way that my daughter would be half as proud of me as I am of her. I think she is. Anybody that thinks I should feel shame in my daughter's behavior is correct. I am absolutely proud to be Ashley Elizabeth Abbott's mother. I, I know she's looking down and smiling upon us. I have no doubt. And that she's very proud of you. And you'll she'll be able thank to you. tell you one day. So yep. thank you for joining me, Miss Mickey. Um, that's been thank another you. episode of the Political Prisoner Podcast, produced by Look at America. I'm your host, Matt Brainerd. America first, America forever.